sisters, listen closely. Finding out he's the one can sometimes feel like traveling through a desert of uncertainty. I mean, every time you feel like you've reached an oasis, it ends up being a mirage. As your resident sister and friend, here are five common red flags that you need to steer clear away from. First up, if he's asking for your phone number straight off the bat, but not your dad's, well, that's a major red flag waving in your face. Next, if he's hitting you up with texts and calls late at night, you better believe he's not serious and chances are he won't respect your boundaries. Watch out for those put down disguised as sarcastic banters. You know, the ones that make you the butt of the joke. It's time to show him the door. And oh, if he's more interested in hearing himself talk than listening to what you have to say, girl, that's a sign you need to run in the opposite direction. And let's not forget the classic line, my ex was crazy. Yeah, right. If he's mouth-mouthing his ex left and right, chances are he's the one with the issues. And those are just the obvious red flags. Let's help you uncover what's really hiding underneath the surface with Vibe Check, the ultimate prompt card game for meaningful connections. Crafted with deep respect for Islamic traditions, Vitech goes beyond the surface, allowing you to discover the essence of your potential life partner's faith, character, and aspirations. With eight thoughtfully crafted categories and 135 thought-provoking questions, Vitech ensures a comprehensive understanding of your potential spouse, from values and ambitions to personal quirks and preferences. I mean, skip the surface-level discussions and dive straight into what truly matters. Visit our website, www.thedigitalstory.com now and take the first step towards finding your righteous partner. Your journey to marital bliss begins here. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It is your sis from all the way across the pond, your girl Adar, and you're listening to the Digital Sisterhood podcast. Today's story is about a woman named Abigail Francis. She's an Indian revert and a mother of five. I kind of ran into Abigail looking for, you know, the next story. And one of our, you know, team members was like, hey, I know a friend that has an incredible story. I was like, okay, don't let me hear it. I want to, I want to hear it. And I won't give away too much, but Abigail, her story is pretty incredible. This is her story. All right. So I was born in Manama in Bahrain. So my parents, they're East Indian. They had to go and work there. I was Indian in the Khaliji countries. You're like a second class citizen, right? So my parents didn't have the greatest notions of Muslims, right? They just thought that those are the people that look down on us, you know, they don't treat us well. They don't treat us like we're equal. And that's not what Islam is about at all, right? So this is kind of like where I also kind of picked up my own uh, biases. So that's kind of like the mode I grew up in. And then the Gulf War happened. Um, and it kind of interrupted my life in a way where for a little while, um, we just kind of had to go into lockdown. Everybody was in their homes. And uh, we couldn't even come out of the room. I remember gas masks, because uh, this is when Iraq... Like, I guess they attacked Kuwait and they burned the oil fields and it kind of like jumped off because Bahrain is kind of like in the middle of that. My parents like, OK, you know what? We got to get out of here. Right. And so they decided that they were going to apply to come to uh, various countries. We got into Canada, got on a plane, came here, grew up in a basically leave it to beaver childhood. Like Legitimately. I mean, like, I don't say this to make other people feel sad, but like. I had the best childhood that anyone could have. My parents told me they loved me like 800 times a day. They hugged me. They cuddled me. They took me to leadership classes, to camp, just basically surrounded. And my dad, he could have gone on and become, you know, some big businessman. He could have chose aspirations for himself. But instead, he told he chose to just kind of like 
work a job that would allow him like a nine to five that would allow him to come home and be with my mom and both of them raise us together so I have really strong memories of my dad and my mom they also like wanted to practice their faith right so they made sure that we went to not only church on Sundays we were in Bible studies on Fridays and I felt a really strong you know connection with that my parents always made sure that you know we would wake up in the morning my mom would teach me these uh, prayers you know that we would say before we you know, we get in a car and we go somewhere before we, you know, do anything. We, there would be like prayers that she would just make up and then she would just do it every morning with us till we repeated it. She really put that in me and uh, gave me that connection. Abby had a really great life. Her dad had a nine to five. Her mom was, you know, active. She had a great relationship with her parents. Uh, she went to high school, graduated and then applied to York University. She got in. You know, Abby was the, you know, average, you know, university student um, trying to have the best experience. A university student is, is looking to have partying, making new friends. School's not really the priority, but making friends and having a great time is. As any first year uh, university student, Abigail was no different. I used to be kind of like a clubber. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of <laughs> like I was a soca fetting all over the place. <laughs> I think that's a kind of a Toronto thing, by the way. <laughs> Toronto people are very much like a soca yeah. fest, so I'm not really shocked, you know. But it's funny to hear it. You know, I I, I was that person, yeah. and um, you know, I, I like I was the last person that people would ever thought that would, would convert yeah. to Islam. Okay, Abby had this friend. Uh, she had a group of friends actually that she used to party with. But one friend in particular decided to hop off that party in life and start practicing his religion. He, he used to kind of like go out sometimes. I, I saw him at York, right? And one, one time we used to play domino in the student center all the time. Instead of going to class, sometimes, you know, I would relax by playing dominoes. And um, so I kind of, that's where I, like a lot of people congregated. And he used to be part of that group. And then the next year, he wasn't. But he would still be taking the go bus with me. And so sometimes I would be sitting on the go bus and I hear him whisper in the back, like, about Islam. I wasn't even listening to him. I was like, yo, Naeem White, yo, you, that, that's a that's a serious beard there. like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so he basically, he was your friend. He used to go to clubs with you. And yeah. then he just, he stopped doing that. Yeah, he just stopped doing that, right? Like, I don't even have memories of the past. Mashallah, Allah SWT just removed that from he me, He erased right? it. He erased it from he, everyone. Yeah, he erased it from me. So I, all, I, all I remember is, is the person that, obviously, he's become. And um, like we weren't close. It was just him in the background kind of giving dawah, not just to me, to everybody. Everybody. Okay, (laughs) it's just all over the place. And so like it just kind of went on for a little bit. And I was just kind of like, all right, Naeem, thank you. Thank you. All right, cool. In that same year, Abigail um, was approaching one of our favorite seasons, Halloween. But something didn't feel right. Something just didn't feel right. So basically, um, uh, I was like throwing up and I wasn't able to go to work. And it was like during Halloween and I was like dressed up in a costume. I, I'd gone as Cleopatra, all right? And I put some hard work <laughs> into my headpiece. I went and I put beads and yeah. everything and I put it on my head. And then I, I like I like drove and then I opened my door and I puked. And I was like, yo, this cannot be. I can't go to work even though I worked so hard on my makeup and my costume. And I got mad. So like the next day I was like, yo. You need to. I went to. The, I went to the, my doctor. I'm like, you need to give me something to get rid of this, because I'm just not feeling good. It's been a couple of days, and you need to fix this so I can go back to work. I I, I missed Halloween. Uh, she kind of was like, all right, all right, you know, tell me what you, what's going on. I was like, oh, you know, like my chest is a bit tender. She's like, yeah, that, okay, what else? And I'm like, uh, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. She's like, oh, okay, okay, uh, what else? And I gave her a whole list of symptoms and. She's like, okay, so here we go. I'm going to run some blood tests and stuff. Uh, but why don't you just go here, pee in a stick? I'm like 19, all right? I don't really know what that means. Uh, and so I was like, all right, sure. She's like, oh, no, she didn't even say pee. She just said pee in a cup. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is standard, right? She didn't even tell me. So afterwards, she comes in, and she's like, oh, okay, so uh, sit down. And I'm like, all right. She's like, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, no, I ain't. No, I ain't. Okay? No, I ain't. And she's like, you are and I'm like, okay, yeah. I was like, um, okay. Uh, what what, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah. So you need to you need to think about what to do. And I was like, oh, oh my god. I'm like, this is impossible. She's like, why not? I'm like, 
because I, I haven't had, you know, I, like you, you never you think in order for you to get pregnant, you've got to, you know, have intimacy multiple times. But it was only once. There was no way out of it. There was no way out of it. I knew exactly what happened. I knew when I had made that mis- like, you know, that that error that like, you know, that decision in my life. And I was like, yo, this is messed up. This cannot be. I need to do this again. She's like, okay, well, wait for the blood test. But I mean, like, you're, you're showing. Pre- and this is like three months in. All right. I'm flat. My belly is flat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking good. I'm fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, yo, just, you know, don't, don't worry about it. And, and, I, and I was like, oh, man, like, this is this is nuts. She's like, but, you know, if I were you, if I were you and I'm, you know, I would, I would, I think you're capable, Abby. You are capable of doing this. You have a family that'll support you. You're capable of doing this. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I still don't think I'm pregnant, but okay, thank you for your advice. Um, and so, you know, I, I went out and I called, I called the father and he was just like, whatever. Even though we had been in a relationship for a year, he was pretty much like the dude I thought I was going to marry. And so that's why we make those stupid decisions. You know, I, I went home and I was like, okay, so I'm like three, four months in. I don't know what to do. This is like overwhelming. And she's like, you know, you can still go. I'm going to give you the information for uh, something like a, like a women's health center like uh, that you can go to. So the father was like, yeah, like, let's let's deal with this right now. And I was like, I need to think about it. Uh, I also wanted to because I'm like, yo, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to... I didn't want to go through that shame. I don't want to go through that change. Um, and I went to the center and I was thinking, okay, you know what? As long as it's not intrusive, um, I can go ahead and maybe think about, you know, even relieving myself of the situation. And I went there and the nurse, they're not supposed to say these things, but mashallah, alhamdulillah. She looked at me and she talked to me for like five, ten minutes. And she was like, listen, you, you can do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, you can do this. And I was like, but, um, but she's, she's like, I just, and, and I was like, she's like, you don't have to, but I see a lot of people come through here and just five, 10 minutes with you. And I know you can do this. And I was like, all right, all right. And she's like, you come back, uh, you know, you do you like, I'm willing to give you the medicine and stuff and the appointment. I'll make an appointment for you and that's it. And so I was like, all right, um, Okay, uh, I need to think about this. And then I left. And then I was like, something in my heart changed when she talked to me. Because having not one but two people be like, you can do this, kind of helped uh, bolster me. And so I was like, okay, you know what, let me let me think about it. I, I know personally I can do this. I know that really speaking, to have a kid, it's really only just bare selfishness. I didn't want to give up my lifestyle. It wasn't that I didn't have the, you know, the finances because I was working. I've been working and supporting myself since I was 15, right? I always like you know I, I didn't like to ask my parents for money nothing um and so I I had to say I've been had been saving up saving up you know for 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 something and I ha- I looked at my finances I'm like I I could do this I could do it even without the dad right yeah. and and it is what it but did I want the shame did I want to give up my party lifestyle did I want to you know um put aside my aspirations did I want to possibly never get married <laughs> as a brown girl? Yeah. That's that's a that's a serious transgression. Yeah. Like it is what it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And did I want people whispering behind my back? Did I want to break my parents' heart? But anyways, at the end of the day, I didn't tell my parents till like I was like five six months in. Oh my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> you hid that? I didn't have a stomach till like seven months, right? That makes sense. I was out clubbing when I was six seven months. No, you were not. Yeah, you were not doing so good. Yeah, six I was months doing pregnant suck. i was doing so i was wearing high heels oh i was that girl God. i was that girl i was just fly okay <laughs> fly would fly till the end okay i was that like other women were like honey you might not want to wear high heels i'm like what what are you talking about these six inches ain't going nowhere and i'm glad because after i had a baby i never wore heels again yo i couldn't till this day i can't balance my i can't even wear kitty heels okay it was time for abigail to tell her parents her really religious and devoted Christian parents that she had gotten pregnant outside of wedlock. I just kind of woke up one morning and I was like, I'm, I have something to tell you. And then I, they were like, okay, what? Then my dad was like really like stressed. She's like, oh man, Abby. Because I was just like shaking and he was like, are you pregnant? And he didn't want it to be true. But I told him, yeah, like I am. And then they were just like floored. My mom was crying. My dad was like yelling. Like, how could you do this to us? How could you do this? 
and they were just like shook. I just said, listen, you know, um, it's too late to you know do anything about it. And then that shook them even more because they're like, yo, we're Christians. <laughs> there, there is nothing to do. You know, it's just that, you know, how are we going to say things to other people? And I, I was very pragmatic about it at that point because, you know, I, I had made my decision. I was good with it. And I was just full steam ahead. No, I, I didn't need nobody. Uh, I mean, I, technically I did. Right. But, <laughs> you know, I was like, listen, um, I want you guys to, to change your perspective on this. You guys did not make a mistake in raising me. This is not on you. What you need to remember is that you raised me to be somebody who could take responsibility for my decisions. Right. Uh, I made a decision and I I accepted the consequences. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. I have no reason to give up a baby. I don't have a reason. The reason was something that was, I guess, superficial in a way. Right. And um, that's you know, they, they, they had to think about it. They supported me afterwards, you know, um, fully. They gave me so much love. They were, you know, they they withstood all the whispers. And, you know, my sister also, you know, she was by my side and we took it on as a family. Just, just the, like I said, leave it to Beaver. Like, you know, they just rallied around me and they were like, yeah, that's it. This is this is our daughter. This is the situation. And we good. And, you know, the whole time I'm kind of trying to, you know, get into talks with the father and be like, hey, you know, we were dating for quite a long time there. Uh, let's do something about this. And he's like, nah. Uh, and, and that's that. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> all right. You know, like and that makes things worse. Right. Because then it's like I, I can't even like hide this with a marriage. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and I've got to just kind of take it on and, uh, you know, be, you know, be brave. When I gave birth to that baby, ain't no body loved that baby more than my parents ain't no yo I, i'm pretty sure they wanted him to call them mom and dad i was like yo i don't understand like i done carried that child for like nine months i i i know who labored to have him too much but anyways you know like um it was it was it, it was good you know i was living i was literally when i had uh gone when i had come to islam it wasn't like i came to islam uh on a low I was actually flying pretty high, you know. I had found my my pace as a mom. My family life was amazing. You know, I didn't have that that fallout from, you know, what people would like think it happened from a pregnancy. Every one of my friends accepted it. My my son was like a handbag. He went with me everywhere. Okay? And Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with a kid that never cried. From the night that I brought this child home, okay? From the night that I brought this child home, he slept through the night. He never once disturbed my sleep. I would wake up and I would turn to him and he would be playing. He would be playing and I would look at him and, and, and he would smile. He never greeted me with a cry. I, I was just flying high. I was able to party because I was able to still be at home, you know, so on the weekends I could still have a part of my life. I could still have live that, you know, like go out with my friends, but I would be at home. I would work. I was going to school. Everything was just working and it was gelling for me. And some for some reason I decided I was going to take this class because I was late again for registration for the second time okay and the only thing that was left was Islamic traditions and I was like yo okay you know what Muslim dudes do be hot yeah they they they, they are fly all right I can't lie oh my god they got a, some, a little something I love that stubble all I'm right crying. Okay. so so I, I do not mind having to roll through that class again but of course, the minute I the minute I walk through with bare hijabis and Jewish people, and, oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, "Why are you uh, transporting me back to your days?" <laughs> oh my god, my brain is gonna explode. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> all right, you know, cool. You know, alhamdulillah. Um, so, anyways, I, I my my professor is this woman, right? She's I think she's uh, she's Bosnian, right? And she's wearing a mini skirt, you know. She's got colored, like, like red colored hair. She's just like really, 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 really dapper, and she's got style. And she's teaching me Islamic traditions. So now we're focusing on these people, and we're focused, focusing on why Muslims do these things. I think, and it's the same time um, you had all those of uh, the uh, the protests about mm -hmm. drawing the Prophet Muhammad to Islam, so right? Yeah. So I was going in there being like, "Yo, Muslims be crazy." <laughs> They crazy. I, and when it comes to that, absolutely crazy. Yeah, they, they of course. Crazy. Like I mean, like because I remember as a as a Christian, we see Esau pictures of him everywhere. Uh, every 
everywhere, yeah. okay? He's on South Park, you know? <laughs> He's on South Park n- knocking out, knocking out Tim and, Tim and Jim, you know what I mean? Like, I, it was just, you're so, you're so desensitized to the disrespect, right? That you don't even realize. So you're just like, yo, they, they is crazy, you know? And, and then I, like I said, growing up in the Middle East, you know, people treated us like second class citizens. So mm. I didn't really have like the best Perception of the Muslims. perception of practicing Muslims. Mm-hmm. So I knew Muslims, right? The ones that used to hang out with me. Because now that I think about it, most of my friends growing up were Muslims, but they were the, also the same ones that were like hanging out with me and doing you know, soca in the club. I soca yeah. in the club. When I was learning about these people, um, some, somehow my teacher made a mistake, right? She's like, We believe that the Quran is the word of God. And I was like, Huh? What's this girl talking about? What? You? And she's like, no, 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 they. And I'm like, no, I, miss, I think I heard, you say, I heard a we. You heard a we. You're not I about heard to, a we. You're not about to you, cap. You with your mini skirt over there and your thigh high boots. I done heard a we. And I'm like, yo, these people, you, these people, you people think that this is actually God speaking to y'all. Like even even Christians know that the Bible is, you know. To a degree, conjecture, right? Like, it's got, you know, um, there, is, there isn't any way to tr- to really know what is being said. There's so many different translations. There's so many different versions. People don't take it literally. People take it literally. It's just, it's all over the place, right? And so I was like, yo, this is very interesting. And like that, that I mean, like, suddenly I was looking at somebody who didn't, you know, look like, uh, you know, with a naqab or hijab and, and a long abaya and whatever. And she's saying that she believes that this that this book is real. So the, the the thing about this all is none of my Muslim friends in the past ever mentioned their deen, right? It didn't, it didn't even like they didn't even it never even came out once. I dated a Muslim dude, right? <laughs> never once. No, no, no one mentioned. And they were all the more than willing to come and, and <laughs> to sneak out of their house to come and jam up with me. But <laughs> but like all it took was this woman to say we. And then I was like, yo, I need to get me my uh, Quran because I need to know what these people are talking about. Bro, what is going on with this world? <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, let, let me just read this uh, real quick. And so I read it and, you know, it's a, a lot to take in. Right. Uh, I read a little bit. It was like a couple of it was like like uh, pages. And then uh, I was driving one day and I was thinking to myself, like, yo, what is this? This guy, Naeem, he's always talking to me about this, this, this thing mm-hmm. about Islam, Islam, Islam. Okay, so like, let me call him. Let me call. You're talking him. about the brother with the beard. Yeah, the one that was whispering yeah, on the bus in everybody's ears. Yeah, yeah? like <laughs> left, right, and center. He's just about that dawa, yeah. right? He's on that train, and so I was like, "Yo, let me call this guy up," because I'm driving, you know, and I'm like, "Yo, listen, I need to talk to you, like right now. I got questions. Why do you people <laughs> believe this? I need to know, like, why do you people do the things you do?" And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, you always going on about, you know, Islam and you always telling me about, you know, different antidotes. Uh, and I and I need, need to talk. I just uh, something something in me like, you know, just flipped. And I just I was just curious, you know, after the, the professor had said that. And he's like, OK, OK, it's Ramadan. I, I kind of need to break my fast mm-hmm. soon, uh, but I can meet you after um, and we can talk. You know, I'll bring I'll bring some people and you can ask your questions, whatever. And so I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds good to me because I'm I'm, I'm one of those people like, yo, when I want something, mm-hmm. I will drive up to your home. Not, ring we your are, door. We are good. I will ring your doorbell because it was for some reason it was just it I was, had to know. I had to know. I had to know. I had to know that night. Why? Right? Uh why why do people why do why do Muslims uh you know protest everything why mm-hmm. why do they you know why are they always so sensitive why mm. you know why do they even grow beards why like <laughs> why are they so hairy <laughs> like, why does their food need to be halal why, yeah. why are they so different why are all these rules and regulations yeah like what's that about yeah. you know uh and so uh alhamdulillah he brought some brothers and we sat at tim hortons uh, across from a nugget masjid yeah right because that's kind of like you know, sometimes I used to hit up the the Tim Hortons there to yeah. study, and uh, they were talking to me. And they were th- that same night. The brother was just like, "Okay, you know, before we tell you anything, let me just tell you why we believe what we believe." And he talked to me about Tawheed. He didn't have to do that, right? He didn't have to do that. But this brother, uh, his name's Kashif. He 
he did that. He literally sat down there and he just broke the concept of Tohid down. And it just, something in my body just clicked. It was like a key was opened and the key opened the door and that door was open and there was no closing that door after that because it made sense. It was like they do it because Allah said it. Like, I mean, I, they do it because God told them to because there is a direct relationship to him. There isn't any intermediaries, right? There isn't guessing. There's no guessing in this in this faith. It's very clear. Right. And, and, and Tawheed establishes that, that this is the things that, you know, like it, that you need to believe in. When they told me that about Tawheed and they told me about, you know, establishing that oneness, you know, that Allah SWT isn't this, this and this and this. It's very basically they were like, it's very simple, Abby. It's you. Allah, you got a problem. Talk to Allah. Why are you talking to this one, that one, this one? Talk to Allah. You have an issue. Follow the way of the messenger. And these things make sense. There's nothing but logic in that but i mean like i still hadn't converted at that point but i mean like that was the the thing that just kind of like clicked and then um you know they said their salams and they left right it was like it was like a two three hour conversation it was the first time that i believe god existed because this faith was so you know the little talk they gave me was like it, it just seemed so logical that of course it was it, it's like the most it's so it, it kind of um it eludes me that no one else can can understand how logical it is that there's only one God. There's only one God. And of course, of course, a God exists because who created us? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, who created the, you know, like, the, for every creation, there is a creator. So... For every painting, there's an artist. Yes. Right? <laughs> Nothing just comes to be. Yeah. So what I did, what I did was I started reading the Quran. And I started reading all these, like, different books, right? So... But fundamentals of Tawheed, um, I, I read, um, you know, the fiqh. I, I just basically, I, I, after I found out it was the truth, I was trying to do anything within within my capabilities to not believe in Islam. So it was weird, right? I woke up the next day and I'm like, uh, no, I can't give up sausage and wine. Y'all, y'all are tripping. We're going to do a Buddhist thing with this, all right? We're just going to believe in the spirituality. Pepper, because I, I was like, yo, how am I going to have pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be able to have pizza or hot dogs. No wine. Like I was like, no boyfriends. <laughs> Let me just find a way out of this. I need to dig myself out of this hole now. So, um, you know, every question that I had, I, I would just like, you know, someone could just answer it at face value. And I would ask these Muslims and they didn't know the answers to, the, to their own deen. Right. I mean, and, and that is not that is not a criticism of born muslims by any way right but it, it's just kind of like it's frustrating when you're new and you just got all these questions and like for, for a lot of people who are born in islam it's just a default setting for you right a lot of people don't understand why they do the things that they do and that's kind of sad in a way right but i understand there's there's a goodness in there like you know that you know it's just automatic it's natural you're at your fitra right whereas for me i had to question i had to know why because before i was going to come out and make a big you know uh wielding decision like this right before i was going to be, become a crazy person right because that's essentially what the world looked at when they looked at muslims right right they they looked at them like they were they were nuts right and they were overboard and they a, a, anything like why 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 would i believe the prophet muhammad you know why like it, let's try and look into him let's try and see if there's any like flaws and i looked and there were like there were tons of things that happened in his life that weren't perfect Right. He had arguments with his wives. Right. He had he had at times where he was perfect in his deen. But sometimes there were things that would happen where Allah would send an ayah and just be like, nah, that kind of like kind of took me aback. Because for you, usually what people do with their prophets is they kind of make them a god. Right. They make them infallible. Like you can't question them. You can't question the family. There is there there isn't that that's this this reality that's put it. and so I was like, this is so crazy. How are they taking down in history that he stayed away from them for like a month? You know what I mean? Oh what? People are allowed to divorce? What? So uh there were some things that Hadith really didn't have answers for either. Like why in the Tasha hood? Do we always say that the Prophet Muhammad is the last messenger, right? Because remember, for me to give up one God, for me to let go of like Isa for Jesus, 
And why am I going to follow this guy? Right? Why am I going to follow this guy? I need to know. Like, well, so, so basically, you don't want me to worship Jesus, but you want me to say the Prophet Muhammad's name in my prayer? Right. And so I was like, all right, all right. I just need to think about that. And so I asked everybody, everybody, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think about that. What are you talking about? And I was like, okay, let me sit with this. And then I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, yo, there's always, they always have to say that he's the last messenger. They always have to say he's the messenger. He's the messenger. He's the messenger. And I was like, oh, subhanAllah. Oh, subhanAllah. It's that we don't forget. He, he's just a man. You know, he's a beautiful man. Mashallah. He's a wonderful man. Mashallah. But, but, he is just a man. And so he's not like how Christians looked at Isa. You know what I mean? That 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 is possible for us to look at Muhammad and and relate and be like, I can see myself wanting to be like that. I can see myself in Aisha. Mm-hmm. I can toss that plate. Yeah. <laughs> I can break that plate. Don't bring me that honey. Okay? Well, like, and don't you know what I mean? I'm crying. And, yeah. You could very much, and that's you know? normal. Yeah. I'm still like, she's still the mother of the uh, Oma. Yeah, she still is, and she and she, you know, got upset. Yeah, young. and they played. They yeah. had fun. You know, they yeah. raced. Yes, they, you they know, did. like, it, you know, the small things where you know the Islam always acknowledges the realities. The realities. Yeah. The realities of this dunya. And all it can come, it, it, what it does is it provides a structure mm-hmm. that we can follow, so that we can, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can no, we, number one, not only that we can relate to, but that we can fit ourselves into because mm-hmm. it's easy to fit into. Yes. When things get really hard, I had to look at it and be like, "Yo, that's culture," because ain't nothing about that in these books. Ain't nothing. I'm searching. Yeah. I'll be searching for these things. Where, where is it? Mm-hmm. It's not here. So that's that's culture. That's culture. And I had, to, I had to keep reminding people because now all of a sudden all my Muslim friends became mullahs, right? They all they all they all they all try to correct me, right? Like, they all became mullahs. Yeah. You know they were like Abby, you have to show me the proof. Where's your dalil? Where's your dalil? I want to know it because Where's that's evidence. Yo, because this this is that, that was what I was on. Yeah. Right? I still wasn't hundred percent a Muslim, right? Mm. But people kind of like, yo, you, you be posting a lot of Quran ayat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, every time I'm reading a, a something, you know, like uh, like an ayah would call to me, and I would just put it on Facebook, you know, and I was spending a lot of time at Tim Hortons, <laughs> and people be coming by and they trying to convert me on the spot, and I'm like, nah. Nah, I don't want to. I don't. I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to hold myself responsible for. You know, for adherence to the structure. I, I still didn't want to. Right. I still did not want to. Um, it took me. It took me two, three months before I was like, man, if I can't beat them, I gotta join them, because I couldn't find anything. I could not find nothing that was wrong with the faith. When the men at Tim Hortons kept saying, Abby. Why don't you just become Muslim right now? Why don't you do it right now? One of them says, she's already Muslim. Abby finds herself in the car thinking about that. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, you know what? I need to just be straight. And um, I, I did. And I and I just I just woke up one morning or like, you know, or, or I was driving my, like I was just kind of driving myself. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm Muslim. You know, Muhammad Rasulullah. That's it. Muhammad is his messenger. That's it. I I I had to. I I love the 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 dean. Now I had to fall in love with the man. Once I fell in love with the man and the, the all the reality that came with him, it was a wrap. When Abby finally told her parents that she became Muslim, they were not having it. Remember, Abby's parents lived in Bahrain, and they were treated so poorly, like second class citizens. They could not understand why their daughter would choose to be a Muslim. But Abby could distinguish between the culture and the religion. But her parents saw it all the same. It, it, it became really difficult because Abby was teaching her son one thing about Islam and her parents were saying another. And it became a clash of perspectives, of opinions. And so Abby had to make the tough decision I just decided that's it. I, I don't want to stay here anymore. I don't want to stay in this country. I, I love it. But right now I need a break. 
I need to go somewhere where I can have my son to myself so that I can raise him and he can learn from me. Not only that, we need to be in a society where things are normal, where we're not constantly being questioned. We're not constantly being harassed by, you know, people about and being asked why, you know, having to, to, to always prove ourselves, prove my dean. I just wanted to be alone with it. You know, when you start to practice your religion and you're trying to immerse yourself, you also realize how your environment can impact your progress in getting closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You got to be in those spaces of worship. You got to be in that environment. You got to you got to have friends around you that support you, or you're going to undoubtedly fall off. Abby went through a similar experience. She wanted to raise her son. She wanted to be in an environment where it supported her 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 faith, supported her practice. Um, but instead of just changing maybe her friends or going to the semester more, she completely moved to Egypt. The first city that Abby lived in Cairo was this little area called Rehab. It was an area, you know, filled with a lot of expats, people with lots of money. Um, but it wasn't what she was looking for. She was looking for a, an area filled with people that were actually practicing their faith. Um, instead, she found just, you know, people just really living their regular lives, nothing really too different from where she just came from. And so she decided to move to Alexandria. Alexandria, the minute I went there, that was it. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. The next weekend, I had moved. I, I like I went to the school. I found a school and I'm like, yo, I need you to find me an apartment. Here's the money. Hook it up. Brought myself down the next weekend with Isaiah. Uh, like he was with me anyways but like I brought all our stuff over moved into the apartment went to the kitchen opened the drawer what do I see cockroaches everywhere cockroaches I was like ah! <laughs> yeah everywhere there were a bunch of British brothers that lived there bachelors yeah. before me so you know <laughs> so you, know they, how, you know how it'd be like yeah you know what i mean that's how yeah, bachelors roll yeah, that's how they <laughs> roaches everywhere <laughs> no judgment but no low-key judgment okay <laughs> and, so, and so yeah i was like all right, all right like what am i gonna do now uh i got you know got that dealt with and then i was like started studying started studying started um learning my dean mm-hmm. and alhamdulillah this time around i had moved into a uh into a community that was more middle class mm-hmm. more simple Right. People weren't, you know, trying to be trying to be Western. They were just happy to be themselves. And that's the type of people. Those are my people. That's the people I need to be around. People who are comfortable with themselves, who are not trying to put on a facade. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I and I made friends there. I, I fell into a group of uh, sisters who were, you know, uh, good for me. They were like they balanced me really well. They weren't too introverted, but they were really calm. They were like Chanel. and they were straight up because those are my people people get that can just be straight up yeah Yeah. frank tell me what it's like tell me what it is yeah right and 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 they're not trying to you know use flowery words with me and stuff so like i i just fell in with them and they and they never told me abby you need to do this you need to do that they just modeled it for me Mm -hmm. they modeled islam for me and my son yeah their their husbands would make sure that they went out on weekends and they invited me even though it was a single mom Right. I hung out with the I got the chance to hang out with women. Isaiah got a chance to hang out with the men and, you know, and, and, and some of the kids that were like, you know, some of their 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 sons. Mm. And it was just wholesome. It was all of a sudden Islam was like, this is what it's supposed to be like. It's you're supposed to have baraka in your time. You're supposed to have time to get up in the morning and after Fajr, read some Quran, go to school. You know, so everything started at seven. Everything ended at three. You had time, you know, in your day. Right. And, and, and simple sunnas that were so like obsolete here were just natural there because everybody was doing it. I learned the traveler's dua by riding the elevator every day. Because, oh, amazing. <laughs> because it was playing in the background. Playing, oh my God. Amazing. Like, in this tinny little voice, right? Yeah. And every day, me and me and Isaiah learned it because every day we had to go, go up and down, down the elevator. elevator. Subhanallah. Right? Subhanallah. And like even like walking in with our, our right foot, like, yeah. you know, like just simple stuff that I thought was kind of dumb before living in this country that was like, yeah. I didn't understand it. It's yeah. so, so weird. So like I just dismissed it. it. Just became like routine. Yeah. And that that is that is the beauty of living in a Muslim country. 
things were really great for Abby, right? She was living in Egypt. She was raising her son. She was in a Muslim country. But Abby was missing something. She's missing love. And she started to think more and more that, like, I want, I actually want a family. I want a husband. I want a father figure for my son. So she had decided, I'm going to look for love. I, I was on Twitter, and uh, there was a time that I was very active, and I would post. Basically, I would just post up all sorts of, you know, Quranic ayah or hadith or just reminders and stuff like that. And I would get a lot of uh, attention, specifically from the UK. And um, one of the accounts there started, like, you know, just kind of always texting back, like, just, like, tweeting me back here and there. And then he slid into my DMs. <laughs> he slid into the DMs. And, and you know, I was like, all right, you know, like, whatever. He was just kind of making jokes. And I, I don't know. I just was like, okay, yeah, this is this guy's kind of funny. And then he's like, yo, like, sis, do you want to, you know, maybe talk about, you know, uh, marriage because you know you 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 you, you're kind of inspiring there you know you're in egypt like i was super cool when i was in egypt ain't nobody now (laughs) i ain't nobody now but when i was in egypt i was like super cool (laughs) and so it kind of intrigued everybody you know a lot of uh people were very intrigued with this idea of this uh this exotic concept of a woman you know with a kid living in north africa and doing her own thing. And so he was enamored by that ideal. I was like, okay, well, we need to do this properly. Um, you know, I'll get my woolly involved. And um, he'll come and check you out. And we'll go from there, right? And, uh, you know, they, they met him. There was a tricky situation. <laughs> Um, where he had, you know, uh, he had previous commitments to another marriage. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I was uh, technically um, going in as a second wife. <laughs> and then I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is uh, this is too much. <laughs> and then uh, he kind of like he kind of swore up and down that, no, this is it's it like it's done. I left that marriage because she wasn't practicing. And uh, I need I need a change in my life and I'm practicing and, you know, you seem like you're my vibe. And, you know, like my Willie's like, you know what, like this is I, I can't find anything bad. No one's saying anything bad about this guy. He's solid. Right. Um, in the community and stuff like that. So I think, you know, if you want to move forward, you're finally <laughs> like, you're finally, you know, found somebody that you're like even like give the time of the day. So, yeah, okay, you know, uh, you come to the UK, you can uh, meet him at my house, and uh, we'll take it from there. So Because we need to meet to see if there was any physical attraction. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, he flew me to the UK, the brother. Um, we met mm-hmm. in my Willie's house, and it was the first time I didn't have anything to say. I literally came in, and I was, I was going to be like, hey, what's up? And I was like, mute. I, I, I was just literally just... I couldn't speak. Yeah. My cheeks were red. They were on fire. Oh I was my like, God. he was just like, hello. It's <laughs> like, and I, and I couldn't even say salam like I'm back. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I, and then my, my Wally was like, what? On earth? Who are you? <laughs> like, we can't ever get this girl to shut up. Oh my God. Now <laughs> Abby is mute. Now she's, she can't talk. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. And then I just kind of like went back behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then they were just talking. Uh, they talked to me through the curtain, even though I, was, I wasn't in a copy at the time. <laughs> right. Um, and so, um, you know, just so because I, I wasn't uh, I just didn't feel comfortable. And uh, yeah. So, you know, he said, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> I was like, really? Even though I'm fat? Because <laughs> I'm about it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, OK, I'm, I'm all right. You, you OK? <laughs> you OK? <laughs> so we, we did it over the phone <laughs> because it was like there wasn't any time. Uh, like he was like uh, there was like something that happened that day. And he was like, OK, the imam is here. You're going to be late. Uh, to come because I'm late to go everywhere, so he's like, "We'll just, you know, we'll we'll have the nikah over the phone, and then we'll meet at the restaurant." So I was like, uh, "Is that legit?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." They're gangsters. They're yeah. like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry, don't worry, we can do this." 
So I, 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 I got married over the phone. <laughs> and I uh, went to dinner. Uh, and then I, you know, went back with my husband and uh, my son. Um, and so he had spoken to, he like, the, the, the brother had spoken to my family on Skype and stuff like that. Uh, he had spoken to my dad and my mom. It wasn't like we just did it overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had, like, it had been a couple of months of checking out and stuff. Uh, maybe like two months or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, he had speak. He had uh, you know conversations with Isaiah and stuff. So Isaiah wasn't just like thrown into it, but at the same time, it's still you know we we did everything to the best of our ability. And um, you know, unfortunately, um, towards the end, uh, you know, the situations changed. And uh, you know, Alhamdulillah for every for everything that happened, it 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 worked out. And I would not have wanted anything else. Uh, his his wife actually returned to the dean, and that was amazing. It was amazing, right? I can say this now. <laughs> Back then, I was like, uh, "What? Uh, I'm a second wife? <laughs> like, what? No, you told me that that was done." <laughs> like, and and uh, suddenly, I was a second wife, and that really tested me um, uh, because she was about to, uh, the dates of her idda were not clear. Uh, you know, when I had when I had thought that Nikah was gone through, I thought that we were clear of that when, in fact, it wasn't the, the case. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, uh, I, I had decided that, you know, I had to go back to Egypt after the Nikah to, you know, I spent some time in, in the UK and then I had to go back because, hey, all my stuff was there. Right. Um, and uh, I, I need to finish my studies. Uh, I didn't want to just give that up, and that way, all these talks were on were hinged on that. They were hinged on the fact that I would finish everything, and we would take it, you know, uh, to a degree slower. And so he was uh, more than happy of just having the, you know, two wives. Uh, and and to be honest, uh, after you know, the initial shock, I was, I was like, okay, well, alhamdulillah. I mean, what am I supposed to do now? You know, I cried, cried a lot, um, and then uh, one day. Uh, you know, he just, he decided that he, it wasn't fair, that he couldn't be fair. And he ended, uh, he put me in Maeda and it was, you know, it was a shock. I was so, so sad. I was like, I was broken because I had accepted every every curveball even though i mean i didn't really know him it was a very short time this thing happened over three months i was in my ida within three months of marriage right i was a second wife within the second month right um to my knowledge right Uh, and um it was uh it was it was heartbreaking for me it was so i was so ashamed because i had brought my son into that world and, you know, um, I had to tell everybody who knew. <laughs> and alhamdulillah, I didn't really tell that many people because I, like, I guess I had something was, was something seemed amiss mm-hmm. from the time I left the UK when I was about to get to the airport, like the day before. Um, and I was like, something is just not sitting right with me. And he's so different now. I don't know. I don't get, it, you know, I am. Uh, I just I, I remember crying like in shock and I'm like are, are you sure like I, I I don't even think I was that you know um I wasn't that attached to the marriage but just feeling like I was being discarded mm-hmm. it hurt it hurt a lot and 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 I it I questioned my faith so some people you know like I they would some things situations make them stronger initially but for me I questioned my faith I remember crying for days just you know what's going on um how could this possibly happen to me you know first the father of my child left me and now when I decide to 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 make such a big move you know he basically throws me away and um that you know it broke me and I said and I did this properly you know I remember crying to Allah you know, I was like, like I, I did this your way. I didn't date him. I didn't, you know, let it drag on so that we would fall into any sort of zina, 
I, I, I didn't let any of those things happen. I, you know, I had a wally. Everyone checked him out. You know, it should have worked. This should have worked. So what, you know, what's going on? Am I wrong? Is this whole, is this what I'm going to have to go through <laughs> to, to be married? You know, everyone's going to laugh at me. My parents are going to think I'm such a loser. Because I did it again. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I screwed up again. And uh, so that that really, um, that broke me. And I think my first month of Ida was just, you know, I was missing prayers. I was just crying. I was like, I was damn near close to apostating. I was at the edge of the cliff. And I was like, there's nothing, nothing here for me. Nothing. I, I, this, you know, this method, this way, the embarrassment, you know, like, I uh, just throw it all away. And I remember calling, calling people and just being like, please tell me to stay. <laughs> please tell me to stay because I, I can't do this anymore. And alhamdulillah, one sister, she told me, listen. You, you, no one can tell you what to do. Nobody, because I told her, I, I think I'm done. I think I'm out. And she's like, no one can tell you what to do, Abby. You have to make every decision for yourself. There's no compulsion in here. Just sit quietly. Try to listen. Try to listen. Try to read. Just stay with, you know, just listen quietly. Open your heart. And use logic. And then, so I did that. I tried and it's it's nothing nothing was getting through and I was like that's it like you know this doesn't make any sense and I why am I praying in a language that I don't understand why am I doing this why did I give up my family why did I give up my son why am I such a loser and um something happened like one day you know I just woke up and my heart was just like you know what just if you grab hold of Allah you know I read it if you if you go to Allah then Allah will come to you I said, yeah, right. <laughs> and then I, I, I started, you know, reading. And then I, I read Surah Duha, and it said, you know, well, akhirat khayrul min min al-ula, and that that really, it just it, that it, something just clicked. It was like that lock, and it was like, you know, the hereafter is better for you than now. And it was there I was Allah SWT reminding us that that this is just a journey, that this is nothing, right? But it's easy to say, right? But you know, I read it and I was like, and I just kept repeating it to myself and I was crying and I was crying and then I, I decided to pray. I hadn't prayed in days. And I decided to pray, pray to Hajjid. And I was just asking, I was begging Allah to send me comfort, send me comfort, send me comfort, send me comfort, send me send me comfort like you know remove this anger my this bitterness this resentment this everything you know and the next day my son woke up and he smiled and he came to me and he just held me and he just he just said it's okay mom don't worry about anything you know like i'm here you know you have me and, and he didn't even know what was going on <laughs> he's like you know but he, he knows I'm, I'm i'm sad obviously it's this it's you know it was just me and him and he's just like you have me you know, and, and, and Allah is there. You know? And after that, I just I just clung to the rope and I just said, you know what? I just need to put my head down. I need to push through this time with as much grace, as much class, and let Allah SWT plan my life for me. It's weird. It's like every single thing after, you know, when I started focusing on, on just me and Allah, on the relationship, establishing the relationship once again between me and Allah, doing things for the sake of Allah, submitting completely, submitting completely to my deen and learning about why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Again, like going back to my basics, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, somehow I came out of that stronger than I ever was before. So when Abby finally healed from her heartbreak, she knew that she couldn't just give up on love. Whenever she looked at Isaiah, she realized, oh my God, he really does need a father figure. He needs other siblings. That for her, it, it couldn't just be about her. 
it, it had to also be about Isaiah. So instead of giving up on love entirely, she decided to give it another chance. He, we, we would go out with families. Yeah. And he would see the dads all the time. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he would be sad. He'd be really, really sad that he couldn't have that. He couldn't have that family, that togetherness. And, and I was used to it, and I used to hate the weekends. As a single mom, there is nothing more you hate than the weekends. Because when you're, with the week, when you're at the weekends, you're taking your son out, and you can't stop them from seeing everybody else around them and from feeling like they don't have something, that they're that they lacking. And Isaiah felt that. Um, and so... I, I I just put up uh, a profile on uh, a website. <laughs> Online. Uh, Online. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. We're going to put ourselves on. And yo, like, I got so many messages I from Hashim, from, <laughs> from Iraq, um, from, from Ahmed in Syria. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. You know, like. <laughs> And I, I was the Kabi at the time, so I was also like, yo, I'm, I can't show my face. Yeah. So how am I? <laughs> so I was like, like I, how am I going to do this? It wasn't serious, though. Do you yeah, get it? Yeah. Like, it wasn't really that serious yeah. because I was, I'm not going to put a profile picture up. And, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I just left it, I left it clear because I'm like, yo, I don't like these fools. You know, they just, yeah. hey, what's, your, what's up? It's not uh. like them. Hi. It's just like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to write a big blob. And whoever is going to dare to read this blob, <laughs> without the picture, those are the people I'm going to answer to. Yeah, to answer to. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, I got interest here and there. Mm -hmm. Right? And uh, I also had my settings. So, I, like I said, I can be quite shallow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I only want a brother who's above, like, 5'11". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, like... Just, you know, praying five times a day yeah. and, you know, has a profession or mm -hmm. whatever. And so, um, funny enough, I was going through my folder, like my uh, other folder, just yeah. clearing it out. Yeah. And uh, I, saw, I saw my husband in there and I oh. saw his picture and he had liked me. And I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. Mm. I was like, that picture is really cute. Really so I'm nice. going to go ahead and check his profile. Oh, you're five. <laughs> and so, and so that's the reason he was in the folder oh no <laughs> and, and, and so he's and, 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 and we actually know now he's 5'6 alhamdulillah oh. <laughs> yeah. so, but I was just like oh damn yeah and, and I was like yo but he's pretty cute I'm like oh he have a son so oh. now he now he trapped <laughs> like, oh. he's not just like some single brother that's just gonna try and marry me play house yeah and then, you know, is, you know, just he thinks it's a joke. Yeah. When someone with a kid comes in, you know, They're I can take them a little bit more, more seriously. Because they are serious. Yeah. Most you know, of the time. so he had a son. And so I was like, OK, so he's a father. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So that means that he's a little bit more mature. He was mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, he's like uh, six, seven years older than me and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, of course, his bio was so corny. <laughs> he was Assalamu alaikum, sisters. If you message me, okay, I, I love Allah and I love his deen. Uh, if we get married one day, inshallah, I will take you on a boat and sail away. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. I was like, ah, oh, no. no. I'm like, but I'm so shallow because I was like, but he's so cute. Although he wasn't everything on her list, still she felt like there was something special about him. And so she just decided to give him a chance. Turns out he actually lived about 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from her dad's house. Then I was like, okay, so, where, where, you know, where do you live? We're <laughs> in Toronto, where? Oh, wait, you're five minutes away from my dad's house? I was all the way in Egypt. He had responded to my profile without a picture, and he liked it. I found out that he was five minutes away. His mom's house is five minutes away from my dad's house. I'm like, what are the odds? And I was like, okay. He's like, okay, sister, I'm going to, I'm going to give me your address. I'm going to go to your dad's house right now. So he, he rolled up on my dad. Okay. And handed him $2,500 to fly me and Isaiah back. Cause he's like, I need to see, I need to see your daughter. Like, like just so Abby packed up her bags, flew back to Canada to meet him. And they ended up spending Eid together. 
I spent the family there and we went to Eid prayer as as a family, which was amazing because that was the first time that I got to enjoy Eid as a convert in a Muslim home in the sense like it was my, you know, what could be my family? And they took me in, you know? <clears throat> and so um, it, it was this, crazy feeling and uh another thing that i didn't mention is that you know growing up with my family we didn't have any other uh, extended family here it was just my mom dad and me my sister and that's all we had and every you know christmas would just be us uh some family friends like ramadan and eid used to be absolute i hated eid as a conference (laughs) i hated it okay because there was no there was no there's nothing for me to go home to I would cry. I would cry. (laughs) There's no more tarawi. There's no more like the community is gone. Everybody's happy. And then they're going to go home after eat prayer. And I'm just going to go to Tim Hortons and back to my house where everything's normal. And, you know, it just, it killed me. But this time I got to go, you know, with, uh, you know, with a prospective person. And, uh, you know, they were okay with that. And he showed me around to all the different families. They visited different families' houses. And it was just like such a high to be like, wow, this is what it feels like. This is awesome. I, I want this every time. Uh, Abby finally marries her Prince Charming. She finally gets the family unit that she wanted for Isaiah. She finally got the man that she wanted. But just as, you know, every love story has, it has its difficulties. The first five, six years of our marriage, I would say, who were married for nine now, were five, six, seven years, <laughs> were very hard. Yeah. They were very difficult. There was so much, um, so much differences between us. <laughs> so much that, you know... Um, and, and that's what comes with marriage in a way. You don't know the person 100%. You have to get to know them. And, you know, I was not able to let go of my personality completely. And, you know, he was just kind of, he had expectations that weren't realistic. I had expectations that weren't realistic. We had a total of four kids. <laughs> like, we had two of our own. So yours, mine, and ours. Then we had, we, I went on to have a pregnancy every year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just got to be a lot. And, you know... Uh, alhamdulillah one day his one of his friends had passed away like i say before that we were just arguing all the time mm-hmm. arguing all the time it was just wild the kids weren't learning their dean because i couldn't even focus and one day one of his one of his friends were there and the next day that friend p- passed away and you won't understand how quickly that just brought everybody back to to you know it was like a wake-up call. It was such a. It was that that wake-up call that we needed again, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he was like, "Whoa, you know, like I, I don't even know what I'm doing." You know, I'm, I'm working so hard. He all, all in his head, all he did was, "I'm working, working, working. I'm working so hard to support you," and he, and and I was like, "Well, you, I, I never get to see you. The kids never get to see you," and all of a sudden he was like, "You know what? I, I'm working. I don't know what I'm working for. I don't know what I'm working for. I'm. I need to work for my family. I need to. I need to be able to." to make some money and just learn to to divide my my time because I could die tomorrow yeah. and I would never I could never know like the older sons you know he didn't really you know it, it, you know uh he didn't really have time for them but now with the little ones he kind of he's there oh my goodness you know he's there and then he started making the right decisions like keeping the right people around him you know, and, and, and he learned that. he learned, And I learned to also compromise. So instead of leaving this marriage, because I was like, no, I can't do this, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I've got kids and stuff like that. You know, there's so many breaking points where I was like, I don't know. I, I have done it before. I can I can be a single mom again. But no, you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always does things for a reason. And all that hardship we went through, it helped me to look inside myself and be like, it takes two hands to clap. Right. It takes two hands to clap. Where where am I in this equation? Because I used to always be the victim in my head whenever I'm coming for him. You know, you're never home. You're never home. You're never home. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe, you know, there's wisdom in everything that uh, that Allah has asked us to do. There's so much wisdom, you know. And so we, we began to look at it like, okay, let's go back to our basics. Let's go back to Islam. Let's just draw that line and build from there. 
And subhanallah, like I said, again, when we when we were arguing, we were drawing away from 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 Al Islam. We were drawing away from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It was no longer about the Deen. It was more about our own selfish needs and one upping each other and you know tit for tat, right? Tit for tat all the time, right? Petty stuff, arguing over nothing, right? But when you take a step back and you realize Islam is easy. This is easy. It's 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 given us a manuscript, a blueprint, a blueprint on how to be. Yeah. Let's just follow that blueprint together, and let's 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 start. Let's start. You know, you treat me, and I treat you, and we fulfill our rights, and let's go forward. And Alhamdulillah, you know, like it's been such a beautiful journey. I I I I can't even begin to explain, like. I will come. Ho- I went from uh, from a husband that was never home, right, to somebody who he comes home and he'll be like, even though we ha- like you know, um, I have someone come in a couple of times a week because it's six kids. It's kind of hectic, uh, you know, uh, to come and help me. He'll still be like, hey, you know what? Uh, just go take a break. You need some. You need some time to rest your your head. I'm like, what? <laughs> Is this the same guy? <laughs> Who, who would come who home and sleep where, on where the couch? I mean, he, he he would sleep on the couch, and I'd be yeah. like, "You need to come to the bed. We're married." But like now, he's like, "You need to come to the bed. Get off Instagram." And yeah. like, you know, he's like, "Get off the phone with Chanel." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, like we uh, we came back to to our dean, and it's just been such a beautiful, beautiful partnership. The children are great. And that's the end of the story right there. Wow. That was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Jazakallah khair. This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios. I'd like to uh, thank our producer, Muna Sheikh Umar. Um, i also like to give a shout-out to our, um, our, our sponsors. I want to give a shout-out to a particular sponsor that sponsored this episode. Her name is Halima Gale. Jazakallah khair. Make, uh, may Allah make this a heavy weight on your mizan, on your scale of good deeds. Um, and we'll see you guys next Friday at noon. You already know. I'm in your ear, in your speakers, sharing a good story. Peace.